Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. It's Friday. Oh, that's hot. That's very hot. Except come Saturday, it's going to be cold, very cold, and rainy and windy when I'm trying to run a half marathon. You all are very empathetic or sympathetic, and you all have some pretty interesting advice about running a half marathon in a tropical depression. (sighs) I'm just going to have to suck it up. That's how (laughs) I'm going to have to approach it. What did you tell me earlier, Jay? Focus on the run, not the rain. Yeah, it was the the run is the goal. The rain is not the obstacle. It's the run time that you got to focus on. Yeah, well, we'll see how much running gets done when it's a monsoon. Yeah, the advice before that was be prepared to get wet. Yes, just accept it. You're going to get wet. It's funny because I'm obsessing over the percentage of rain in the forecast, and it's dropped in the past two hours from 97% to 89%. Okay. Looking All up. right. Things are looking up. <laughs> Things are getting brighter. <laughs> it's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. As my fiance indicated, as Bob said to me, at least you'll have a great story to tell on the show. Well, yes. It used to be the things I'll do for funny date stories to share with my friends. Can't do that anymore. Now it's the things I'll do for stories on the radio. This one, as long as I survive and don't catch my death of a cold, well, well, I'm certain be a good story. Enjoy the sunlight. Except that there may not be any. I know, you're in a similar position, Dan Campbell. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. As I look up, an NFL network is on my TV here in studio. You may not know this until I tell you. Yes, Thursday Night Football originally airs on Amazon Prime exclusively. But within hours, it's flipped and replayed more than once on NFL Network. So if you don't catch it live on Amazon Prime, you can catch it throughout the week, including right now, Friday morning on NFL Network. Five and a half minutes left in the third quarter, and the Giants are still only trailing by five points. Now, the score indicates it was a close game. The stats, not so much. 
But which numbers matter the most? I say to you a lot, you are what your record says you are. In the NFL, in pro sports, there are no committees. There are no formulas. You are, well, except for in the case of tiebreakers, you are what your record says you are. Well, the score is the most important number when it comes to a football game. And it was getting late in San Francisco. It's getting, well, Santa Clara. It was getting late in the Bay Area. The Niners, with five minutes to go in the third quarter, were still only up by five points. There were plenty of missed throws. There were plenty of opportunities left on the field. The Niners were only two for five in the red zone against the Giants last night. Brock Purdy does have his first regular season 300-yard passing game. But the Giants didn't do a terrible job against Christian McCaffrey, uh, even against Brock Purdy. His completion rate wasn't tremendous until later in the game. They were able to pick their poison and do a good job against some of the weapons for the Niners, right? Just not all of them. And actually, there was no Brandon Ayuk for last night's game either. The biggest issue for the Giants is they couldn't get their defense off the field as quickly as they needed to. And they also couldn't keep their defense on the sidelines by extending their own offensive drives. Very few extended drives for the Giants. And that was a major problem, right? Because the later in the game you get, the more pressure you put on your defense. Your defense gets tired. Plus, it's a short work week, so the defense is already tired. They had a 12-play drive on their first possession that resulted in a field goal. They had a field goal later in the first half, but they only held the ball for 90 seconds. Otherwise, it was three and out, three and out, three and out. They started the second half with a touchdown drive that lasted all of 46 seconds. (laughs) Now, you take the touchdown, that's huge. It was because the Niners barely held the ball themselves to start the third quarter. But then after that short touchdown drive, the Giants go three and out, one yard. Three and out, minus one yard. Six plays, 23 yards, interception, right? They, they only hold the ball for two minutes there in the fourth quarter. And then they finish up with a three and out. So without Saquon Barkley, I know they had Matt Breida and he did score a touchdown. But without Saquon, they don't have the ability to run the ball. They don't have the ability to control the ball because they can run the ball, right? The Niners can do that. They won the time of possession battle nearly 2-1. to So, yes, the score was 17-12 with four minutes to go in the third quarter. In fact, the, the Niners had to settle for a field goal on this possession. They still were only up 20-12. to into the fourth quarter when they put 10 points on the board. Now, their defense did the job. Nick Bosa, the others, they did the job. They were able to limit the Giants. But even the Niners' offense, feeling the short week, the loss of Brandon Ayuk, just in general, the toughness and the physical nature of the Giants' D. So, yeah, it was a lopsided final score, and the numbers are pretty lopsided, but I thought the Giants hung tough for as long as they could. 
It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. Brock Purdy, as I say, with a 300-yard passing game for the first time in the regular season. And just say this out loud for a second. He's not yet led the team to a loss in the regular season. And I don't love wins as a QB stat. I think wins and losses, it should not be a QB stat. But other than the NFC Championship game, the Niners haven't lost with Brock Purdy as their starting QB. Remember what Kyle Shanahan would say about Jimmy Garoppolo over and over again? We don't lose. He's a winner. We win when Jimmy starts. Well, they really win when Brock Purdy starts. Isn't that incredible? It obviously helps when you have guys like Debo Samuel who fight for every single yard. Purdy in the gun. McCaffrey to his right. Warner comes underneath. Play action. Purdy back time. Throws over the middle. Caught by Debo. Samuel makes a man miss. A second man. A third man. He runs out of his tackle. A fourth man. Debo can't be tackled. They finally drop him on the giant 33-yard line. He broke four tackles on that play. Second down, seven. Purdy in the gun. Elijah Mitchell now in. Use check. One of the come in motion. Purdy says, stay where you are as a right wing. Right slot. Kittle's a left wing with Ray Ray. They're going to throw. And here's Purdy. Going to throw one deep. Wide for Debo. Made the catch on the back shoulder. Touchdown! San Francisco! And a back shoulder banger for Debo Samuel. Real happy to be three and zero right now. It's you know there's not it's really cool to do it after a Thursday night game. There's not many times in the NFL where you get to enjoy a win more than just that night. So um, it's always cool when you win on Thursdays. You know, I told the guys you know, if they want to win and have a weekend off, you know we got to earn it, and um, those guys did. And now you can sit back and relax a little bit, kind of enjoy um, how these last three weeks have gone, and be ready to go on Monday. I love the fact that he gives them the weekend off if. They win the game, but it's nice. I know it's early, but this mini buy is fantastic if you get a win. So they had to turn around and play on, you know, very short weeks, as did the Giants. Now, the benefit was that the Giants stayed in Arizona until they went up to the Bay Area. Uh, at least the Niners were able to be home. That's helpful. But yeah, it's it's not easy to turn around and play on Thursday, especially when you're talking about uh, missing personnel. And for the Niners, it was Brandon Ayuk, but Debo Samuel making up the difference. Uh, he ends up with six catches for 129 yards and a score. You hear a couple of his big moments there with Greg Papa and Tim Ryan on Niners radio. And yeah, he actually put a bit of a scare into Niners fans and probably the NFL uh, because he landed on the football at one point right before his touchdown and had the wind knocked out of him. And so the trainers are out there on the field and it looks like it could be another serious injury. Uh, Instead, this was a complimentary performance. The defense, fantastic. Nick Bosa gets his first sack of the year. I think tonight all around as a unit was one of the best performance, well, the best performance we've had together. Um, Just winning rushes, everybody really fast, um, sometimes too fast for he could get it out and um but the interior Eric and and Javon just and uh Javon just had really good games today and they only allowed Daniel Jones five yards rushing obviously for the Giants without Saquon Barkley Daniel Jones would have been their top option as a runner 
Not that you're generally going to design run plays for your QB, but they will with Daniel. I mean, he's he's athletic, he's strong, he's fleet of foot. No one says that. No one says fleet of foot, but I just dropped it here on a Friday. It's a Friday fleet of foot. Be fleet of foot on your Friday, okay? Daniel Jones can burn guys. Now he can also trip over the white line and fall flat on his face before he gets to the end zone. But that was it was one time. It was one time on Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football or some nationally televised game. Stumbles down <laughs> at the 15. He could not get there. She's so mean, Ross Tucker. I mean, come on. Daniel Jones is more athletic than Ross Tucker ever was. <laughs> he could not get there. We actually talked to Ross right after that moment, and he's still giggling like a schoolgirl. So, yes, Daniel Jones would have been the top running option, but the Niners' defense contained him. And we had heard, even going into this game, that's the plan. You don't rush nearly as much. And how often did we see the Niners only bring three, only bring four, so that they could make sure they locked down the backside of the coverage? It's After Hours, CBS Sports Radio. Now, Brock Purdy started a little slow early in the game. He was sailing some throws, and he was maybe off a little bit. But, man, when he gets locked in with his guys, you can see how accurate he is with the football. There were some looks that were there, um, you know, that I was off and accurate. Um, or some things just didn't happen right um, within our scheme. Um, and so, I, yeah, I felt like it was a little choppy at first. And then, um, you know, once we got into a rhythm, we sort of saw what they were doing. And, you know, at, at one point in the game, they're going to start doing stuff. We had a good feel for it. I feel like um, a couple drives into the game. Once we got rolling, we're put, putting some drives together. We got in the red zone, and we just got to score. You know, um, obviously the field goals and putting up points are great, but, um, you know, our standard, we want to be able to score touchdowns when we get in the red zone. Hmm. The the Brock Purdy storyline is it just continues to get better. It's astounding as is, and it continues to get better. And every time someone mentions Trey Lance, it kind of blows me away. I'm sure the novelty will wear off at some point, but the fact that they found Brock Purdy for dirt cheap. Jay looked this up earlier in the week or last week. He's not even making nine hundred thousand dollars this year. That's what happens when you find a gem, a diamond in the rough late in the draft. You get him for so cheap. (laughs) Now, they're going to have to pay him. We talked about this, too. If the Niners do get back to the NFC Championship, they win their division, maybe they're a Super Bowl contender. Uh, We'll see. Don't get over our skis yet. But if they do... They can't expect Brock Purdy to play next year on a Mr. Irrelevant contract. They cannot. They need to pay him. But it is so much fun to see how he has seized the day, if you will. Carpe diem at its finest for Brock Purdy. He's poised. He is He's really calm. But also, he understands the offense, the defense, and knows that it's not on him to make these humongous plays. He is not a gunslinger. Can he sling the ball? Absolutely. But he controls his mind, his mental approach to the point where he's not out there chucking and ducking. He's not like a – now, Baker Mayfield's maturing, I think, a little bit. I think a little bit. Uh, But you know guys come into the league and they just fling the ball downfield. And it's really – like a a Brett Favre, but not as good, right? Just to throw the ball as hard and as far as you can and try to make the big play every time. And let's get seven points on every possession, which is a great goal, but 
Sometimes the smart play is to get rid of the football. Sometimes the smart play is to take the check down. Sometimes the smart play is to take what the defense is giving you and not force it. You just don't see Brock get, I just mentioned, get over your skis. You don't see Brock try to do too much. You don't see Brock try to force it. He's just calm and collected, and he does he does his job the way the offense is designed. And I think those are skills that are so valuable and overlooked at times in a league where it's pass happy and high profile and, ooh, highlight real football. Well, there's plenty of highlight moments for Brock Purdy in the offense, but he doesn't try to create them. He doesn't, they're not contrived, right? He just, he does his job. And there is great success rate when he does his job well. So the Niners start out 3-0 for the first time since 19 when they went to the Super Bowl. But before that, it goes back to the late 90s. There's a lot of potential with this team. And yet it's so, so, so early. As for the Giants, they fall to 1-2 and two in the NFC Beast. Jones and the offense don't even... They passing attack, they don't even generate more than 140 yards. But man, that was better than the rushing attack. I think net rushing yards were 29 or something along that line. So yeah, it was it was tough sledding for them. Just didn't make enough plays. I think uh, obviously it's a good defense uh, going up against them, and and uh, credit to them, they play well. But we got to convert. You know, a couple of those opportunities. You know, when you play a good team like that, you got to be uh, got to be crisp, got to be be clean, and and uh, we didn't do that making plays when you have an opportunity to make plays and they did a good job you know give them credit that's a heck of a football team there um you know came back out had a score went for two to try to cut it to three it was a 17 to 12 game there so um you know they just give them credit they did they did a lot of good stuff that's a good that's a good team it definitely is and a tough time to run into them when you don't have your starting running back and i i did a cbs sports minute on this but i also mentioned it earlier In a twisted way, the start of this season is all the evidence that NFL GMs need to not pay their running backs. And and I don't mean pay them nothing, right? Saquon Barkley's making $11 million this year, close to $11 million. Uh, Austin Eckler, he renegotiated his deal. Um, We talked about the Tony Pollard situation and the fact that he was able to sign his deal, get a little more money. Same thing with Josh Jacobs. So they're getting paid this year. But what backs want are raises, of course, doesn't everyone, and long-term job security. But when NFL owners and GMs see through two weeks or 2.1 weeks of the NFL season, J.K. Dobbins is gone for the year. Nick Chubb is gone for the year. Saquon Barkley has a high ankle sprain and could be gone for a couple of weeks. Austin Eckler, the last I heard, is out for a few weeks as well. David Montgomery hurt for the Lions. Derrick Henry is questionable this weekend, though they say it's mostly rest that he didn't practice, but he is dealing with a toe injury. Aaron Jones missed last week for Green Bay. There's a reason why, and it's not the fault of of these guys. It's not the fault of Nick Chubb that he got hurt, but it's higher risk at that position. There's so much more pounding when it comes to running backs. I mean, Saquon Barkley having a high ankle sprain is fairly typical for a running back. Christian McCaffrey has dealt with plenty of injuries in the course of his career. It doesn't only happen to running backs, but it happens more frequently at that position. 
And you can understand why GMs and owners are reluctant to pay. Now, at the same time, you look at how limited the Giants were offensively on Thursday night, and Saquon has leverage. He does. The Niners are a hell of a lot better as a team with Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. No doubt, Brock Purdy's numbers and the success of the team is not nearly as bloated without Christian McCaffrey. So, yeah, it's a it's a catch-22. It's a which comes first, chicken or the egg. Except the number of running backs that are hurt, and we're not even into the bulk of week number three. I mean, that's what owners and GMs will come back to. It sucks. And teams aren't as good without a viable running back. So it's kind of this circle that they go around and around in. What is the After Hours Game of the Week? You can find the poll on Twitter, After Hours CBS, or on our Facebook page. Let's see. Later in the hour, my conversation with Ravens linebacker David Ajabo, a unique story and such a zest for football. He actually missed most of his rookie year with a torn Achilles, suffered at Michigan's Pro Day. I mean, talk about worst possible timing. Uh, so really good to catch up with him. It's just a short conversation, uh, about eight minutes, because he was going into meetings with the Ravens yesterday. Um, straight ahead, though, a little bit from the NFC side of things. Have you missed our AFC QB news? We did that last hour. Uh, but on the NFC side, Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. Are they good? Are we good? You mad, bro? You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Hurry back to throw. And it is. Is it caught? Oh, my goodness, it's caught. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. Back from under center. Steps back. Throws the fade. Cooper Cup's got it. To throw, looking, firing deep go. for Chase in the end zone. Oh, He's yeah. got it! Yes. Touchdown! Yes. Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Mahomes fires for the end zone, caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. And off to Eckler again. No, Herbert keeps it. End zone touchdown. Chargers. Herbert with his second of the day. Here's the snap. Josh going to keep it himself and run it again inside the five into the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo. Josh Allen, nine-yard touchdown run. The Bills respond and then some. It's time for QB News on After Hours. 
Brock Purdy with his first 300-yard passing game in the regular season. And without Brandon Ayuk, it's Ronnie Bell who ends up catching a touchdown pass from Purdy. And boy, Ronnie loves his quarterback. Brock is like I said, he's just he's a he's a dog, man. I love I love being out on the field with him. I love everything about the way he plays, man. And just as a receiver, it's really really uh just you're thankful you know you're excited yeah. to go out there and play for a quarterback like that and uh yeah i mean he's putting the ball in the money man every chance he gets i love it first team in the nfl to go three and oh but there are many other candidates coming up this week including the dallas cowboys dak prescott off to a great start this new offensive system where mike mccarthy calls plays though the defense has really set the tone and we'll talk about the defense and their big loss but for dak it's also career game number 100 for him on sunday it's a blessing uh really is um grew up wanting to play this game wanting to play this game at its highest level uh, and that's simply what this league is and to think back that this will be to, have, to say I've had 99 at bats added and this would be 100 is is pretty cool. Um, being the physical game it is, knowing uh, how hard it is to play in this league, stay in this league, um, yeah, it's, it's something special. Um, not that I take any moment for granted, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I saw that stat, I guess, earlier this week, uh, and it was sent to me, and uh, that was a pretty cool one. Well, the Cowboys could move to 3-0 with a victory against Arizona, though they will have to do it without Trayvon Diggs, their star cornerback who's lost for the season with a torn ACL. That happened in practice on Thursday. Such a blow to the Cowboys. The Eagles can also move to 3-0. One of the games of the week, they're matched up against the Buccaneers, who are perfect themselves. The Eagles are trying to put to bed any idea that there is turmoil or drama between Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, their number one wide receiver, who was jawing at both Nick Sirianni and Jalen last Thursday, presumably because he wasn't getting the ball enough. It's a... uh... A game that we both love, and and I, I want everybody to understand that sometimes emotions run high, and, and, that, and that's that's kind of what happened too. You know, uh, that doesn't mean it's the end of the world. Doesn't mean I'm beefing with Jalen. Uh, no, and also I want y'all to know, no, it was not about targets. You know, I'm, I'm sure everybody thought that because he threw me the ball three plays in a row afterwards. But no, I was not over there discussing targets or whatever the case might be. It was something that happened earlier, and we was having a discussion about it, and so. I know everybody took that out of context, but it's not a big deal. Me and him are still on the same page. We're still growing. We're still trying to become great and get wins, most importantly. So, But the reason why I left after the game is because I had my emotion was, was high, so I had to remove myself. Because I know all of y'all, y'all want a story, and y'all doing y'all job. And I don't hold any, any one of y'all you know, for it, you know, but I just had to clear my, clear my mind before I get in front of y'all. It's always the media's fault, always. So he says it's not about targets. Okay. Well, multiple teammates said afterwards that it was likely about targets. He wanted to be more involved. So I wonder if they're now laughing at what A.J. Brown is saying about it being taken out of context. It was a discussion. But I have no doubt that he's accurate when he says there's no beef between me and Jalen. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. There may be a beef between Matt Eberflus and his star quarterback, Justin Fields. What did Justin say on Wednesday when he was asked why his play was more robotic in week two? He said coaching. Could be uh, you know, uh, coaching. He got real mad at the media, of course, for taking it out of context, of course. But he's the one that said coaching. 
So general manager Ryan Poles having to step in and talk about his quarterback on Thursday. No one in our entire building, none of our coaches, see Justin as a finger pointer at all. He has always taken ownership of anything that's happened on the field. He takes it head on, he works, he grinds, he puts his head down. He works with his teammates, works with his coaches uh, to find solutions. Finger pointing or finger painting? (laughs) Right now, depending upon the age, uh, Ryan goes on to say that Justin is still coming into his own as an NFL starter. Now he gets talent around him and has to figure out and balance when to do those cool things athletically, when to lean on others, and that is a sometimes a great place to live in. And that takes time. That takes time on task for him to take that next step. The Bears, one of the nine teams who have not yet won a game this season. Uh, doesn't get easier going into Arrowhead Stadium on Sunday afternoon, week three. Oh, that's just mean. Staying in the NFC North, Jordan Love, his first start at Lambeau Field this weekend. Definitely be a lot of excitement there, just being a Lambeau. Um, But, yeah, I've got some some preseason games under my belt in Lambeau, but that's about it. So um, I'm definitely excited to be out there. Pretty hot start for him, though the defense gave up a lot of points last week in a rally against the Falcons. They ended up losing by a point, but they are one and one. The Lions also one and one, and now Jared Goff and the Lions get to face Atlanta. Good defense, really good. Um, some players that have been really good for a long time. I think first you see, you know, Grady Jarrett obviously has been really good for a long time. To me, uh, AJ Terrell is really good. Jesse Bates really good. Um, then a lot of guys sprinkled in there that can play as well. But those three guys have been uh, at the top of the league for a long time. It's not QB news, but Dan Campbell talking about containing Bijan Robinson is interesting. Maybe, maybe we'll get to it. I'm not sure. We're running out of time. Kirk Cousins and the Vikings have lost the turnover battle seven to one. They've turned the ball over seven times in their first two games. We're 0 and 2. We're minus six in turnover margin. If you had told me after two weeks we'd be minus six, I would tell you we'd be 0 and 2. Um, so don't really have to look at much else. That pretty much tells the story. That being said, um, we're in those games. It's come down to the last couple plays, and uh, there's something encouraging to take from that, but um, only so much. You know, at some point, uh, the bottom line is you got to win. You do, and the Vikings are one of those teams that likely still has a great shot at playoffs because the division is open and 0-2 is not a death now. The, ba- the Bucks and Baker, Baker's Bucks, they're 2-0, though. How Hello. about that? I know. Seriously. Is the offense coming together even more quickly than he expected? Yes and no. I, I think there's always, um, there's definitely bumps in the road as the learning curve goes when you put in a new offense. But like I said earlier, uh, we installed this in the beginning of camp. And so we had pretty much everybody there the whole time. And so everybody's been on the same page. Now it's just about how, you know, I've mentioned how guys react uh, when the games get going. So there's we haven't been perfect by any means, but uh, we've definitely played well enough taking care of the ball to put us in a position to win games. Mm. And when he says bumps, he doesn't mean bums. <laughs> That's what I thought he said at first. <laughs> All right. Bums. Exactly. See, Aaron Rodgers just firing words around when when he has the opportunity. So, yeah, the Bucks are off to a 2-0 start, get to host the Eagles this weekend. Is that the After Hours game of the week? You can find the poll on Twitter, After Hours CBS, also on our Facebook page. Coming up, 
David Ajabo, incredible story. Ravens linebacker there to... Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. You know, had a chance to catch up with him for a couple of minutes before meetings on Thursday. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Power to the right, power to the left. That's that's Jack Harbaugh football, and that's why we, we said in there, who's got it better than us? Yeah, did you hear it? What was the answer? What was the answer? Who's got it better than us? Nobody. 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 And uh, it was just, it was awesome. It was a great, we, we love the power play. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. No doubt one of John Harbaugh's linebackers, at least one, would echo that sentiment that nobody has it better than they do. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. It was really cool to catch up with second-year linebacker David Ajabo, who is Scottish-Nigerian and lived in the U.K. until he was a teenager when his parents sent him to the United States so he could have other opportunities. He went to high school. He started out playing basketball. That didn't work, and so he switched to football at 17 years old. Obviously, his size, his athletic ability, they were eye-popping right away. Went to Michigan, played for the other Harbaugh, had a great career. And as he was going through his Michigan Pro Day in 2022, he blew out his Achilles. So had to wait until the second round of the NFL draft where he was selected by the Ravens and then had to wait all the way through his rookie season until the end before he could get on the field. So... He is one cool character with a very unique journey that is loving the 2-0 start by the Ravens and the chance to play in Baltimore. Part of our conversation, I, I asked him about his draft story and hearing his name called, getting that phone call from the Ravens, how does that compare to being on the field now after all the waiting? I think, honestly, uh, nothing beats participating, man. Like I said, the adrenaline, you know, the joy, you know, the pad popping, like just all the emotions <laughs> that come, you know, just being out there, you know, nothing beats that. Hmm. I saw a part of a clip with your mom in which she said they wanted the Ravens, Baltimore's home. So after, I guess now a year plus of being able to work with the Ravens, even though you were recovering from an injury, why does it fit for you? Honestly, it just feels like destiny, you know, uh, you know, uh, coming from uh, the other Harbaugh brother, uh, Jim, you know, to, to come to John now. You know, just kind of very similar mindsets, and uh, you know, I, I, you can't script this any better. So I just feel like it was all, you know, divinely ordained, and uh, mm. I'm just happy to be here. David Ajabo, Ravens linebacker, with us here after hours on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, I was actually really excited to ask you about that. What are the differences between the two brothers that you've played for now? Oh. Uh, Man, I don't want to get in trouble saying what I'm not supposed to, but uh, <laughs> nah, they they're pretty similar, man. You know, just same intensity, you know, kind of same humor, you know, right down to the <laughs> right down to their dad, uh, you know, uh, Jack, you know, him and his stories. So, you know, they're a very tight family, and uh, 
you know, I, like I said, I'm just blessed to be a, you know, a continue playing for, for the Harbaugh's. I got to tell you, sometimes when I see them at different press conferences, it's amazing how even their mannerisms and their tone of voice can be right, similar. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what I'm saying, man. It's, there's a lot of similarities. Yes. AFC North football. What's that like? How would you describe divisional football? I mean, man, it's, it's a different approach. You know, it's just it means a little more. Uh, you know, the, the hits are a little harder, you know, and – you know, again, it's a blessing, you know, to be able to go out there and not only uh, play, but play with these guys and then come out there with a win, you know. And, uh, you know, we, we had a bad taste in our in our mouths last year. You know, they, they beat us. So to, to come out there and get this win, uh, you know, it's good good momentum. I know it's only the beginning and it's, you know, it's a start at 2-0. and But with the division being as competitive as it is, at least you're on top now. I mean, you guys have come out. You've already lost a handful of starters to injuries. What are you focused on in terms of going into this next game? Uh, honestly, just execution, man. Because end of the day, you know, we, we view it as nameless and faceless opponents. So it's all about us, what we do. You know, so our, our defensive scheme, offensive scheme, you know, we trust that the coaches have done their part. So now it's our turn to go do our part and just, uh, you know, execute the calls that are being made. I saw a, a quote from your dad where he talked about being at your Michigan-Ohio State game, right? And he said, mm-hmm. nothing compares to that type of atmosphere. So mm-hmm. how does it compare when you're in front of the Ravens fans versus what you got at the big house? Man, I mean... Firstly, you know, the the big house is the big house for a reason, you know, 110,000 people, you know, right. all screaming. So, you know, fans are fans. It's still noise, but I mean, the big house kind of tops it, uh, you know, in terms of just noise wise. And, uh, you know, I think it prepared me too. you know, I can't really get shocked with any crowds because, you know, I've been in front of <laughs> 110,000 drunk college students, you know, <laughs> absolutely yelling their, their hearts out. You know, and then so now it's like nothing. I you know, it's the biggest in the country. You know, the big house. So anything I play you know, after that, you know, I can't really say I'll be surprised. Or I haven't seen it. You know. <laughs> I was gonna say, I guess it does prepare you for for what you see at this level. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so coming up, you have a game against the Colts, and I mean, there's Michigan players everywhere. But how cool mm. is it to see a, a teammate from Michigan, even if it's on the other side, but someone else that you came up with uh, also on the NFL field? Yeah, man, my dog Quiddy, man. Uh, <laughs> honestly, it's crazy. Uh, full circle moment. I was I used to hang out a lot. You know, I used to be at his house with my other guy Luigi, and um. You know, I was even with him right when uh, he was leaving for the draft prep, too. You know, put him right in the car, you know, said wow. our goodbyes. So it's just kind of full circle now. You know, I'm about to take the field, be on the same field with him, and, uh, you know, obviously embrace each other afterwards. Mm, absolutely. David Ojabo of the Ravens is with us here after hours, CBS Sports Radio. Uh, week number one, when Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles, were you watching when he went down? Yeah, I was, man. Very, very unfortunate. Uh you know, God's plan, though, you know, you can't plan for events like that. Very similar right. to mine, you know. You know, I've been through the combine, been through all that, and then pro day on my last drill, you know, last little landing, you know. So you can't plan for nothing like that, you know, and just prayers up. You know, I pray that his spirits, you know, is high, and God will be with him through this, this whole process. When you came out of it, mm. what did you take away from from that injury and from the recovery process? 
you can't take this game for granted. You know, that that's why I come out here and I, I give it my all every day because it really takes one step, one moment for it to be all over with, you know. So you can't come out here and just be kind of messing around and not taking it seriously because it can be taken away from you, you know, real, real quick. So then as you head into week three here and you all are 2-0, and how much fun are you having? Even though it's hard work, David, how much mm. fun are you having? I'm going to be real. I feel like I have the best job in the world. You know, I, I get to come out here, you know, and uh, play a kid's game, you know, and, uh, you know, God bless, get paid healthily, you know, to play a kid's game and be around a lot of essentially kind of grown kids, you know, and just kind of <laughs> just craft, get better, and uh, just enjoy ourselves, man. So, like I said, I take, I take every day, you know, very seriously. I don't take it for granted at all, and uh, very blessed. Mm. Well, you've had quite the unique journey, so I hope that you enjoy every moment. Thank you so much. Stay healthy. It's good to talk to you, David. Definitely. Blessings. Appreciate you. Ravens second-year linebacker David Ajabo. Really good to connect with him. A unique journey. Good stuff uh, in that conversation. It will be part of our podcast, which you can find as soon as the show is done on our show Twitter after our CBS as well as our Facebook page. Uh, also, if you missed it, my conversation with Nichelle Turner, who's the host of Secret Celebrity Renovation, tonight on CBS, 8 o'clock, it features Devontae Adams. First of all, do not miss the man with a sledgehammer. Devontae Adams put holes in the walls of his grandmother's kitchen. It was pretty crazy. Uh, there was stuff flying everywhere. I had a chance to preview the episode, but it's also very sweet. His relationship with his grandma... I can't believe he slept on her couch from age seven until he was in the 11th grade. It's a future Hall of Fame wide receiver, and that's what he's doing. Anyway, really cool stuff to get to know Devonte on a different level. So check out the podcast. Our interviews are always podcasted separately. Take our Game of the Week poll on Twitter and Facebook and bookmark YouTube. The wedding video is coming soon. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Boom! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.